the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God is a gracious God who carries his people. It means he forgives them. Jesus carries your sins away. And that's better news than just saying you're forgiven. In the gospel, you're no longer identified with the sin that has defined you in life because Jesus has removed the filthy garments from you. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the ninth in the Cosmic Controversy series. This message is entitled Joshua and the Adversary. The last time we were together, we brought you the first portion of this message, but due to our time constraints, we were not able to complete it. You can listen to the entire message without interruption at reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with part two of Joshua and the Adversary. Here's our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. The angel of the Lord performs three deliberate actions that restore and establish Joshua as the high priest. These three great actions are just as true today for you as they were for Joshua in his day. In fact, they are more true because we live on this side of the cross of Christ. And these three essential truths of the gospel can find you, can fill you, can hold you and direct you in a path of God's grace every day. Zechariah 3, verse 3. Let us read together. Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. Grace action number one. Jesus removes your filthy garments of sin from you. Now, that may not sound very deep and theological, but, dear heart, that's what we need in life. It may not be something you can analyze and write a research paper about, but it's something that will take you from this world to eternity. The key word in this context is remove. You know, forgiveness is one thing. We all need it. We need to give it, and we need to receive it. When God forgives you, He declares that your sins are no longer counted against you for condemnation. He clears your legal slate. They do not belong to you anymore. And that's good news. How many of you are grateful for that in the gospel? And when God removes your sins from you, they don't define who you are anymore. The Hebrew word for forgiveness means to carry. Literally, to carry. God is a gracious God who carries His people. It means He forgives them. Jesus carries your sins away. And that's better news than just saying you're forgiven. In the gospel, you're no longer identified with the sin that has defined you in life because Jesus has removed the filthy garments from you. You and the sin that define you have become separate realities in your past, your present, and your future. In Jesus, you cannot be identified with it anymore. Paul says we have died to sin. 
Your past is no longer your past if you have come to Jesus. You can consciously and willingly separate yourself from it. In Jesus, your past has been taken away from you unless, of course, you ask God to give it back. God will give it back to you if you insist on it. Your past becomes his past. You know, it's no accident in the Gospels that Christ is retracing the footsteps of his ancient people. They went up into a high mountain to receive the law. He gave the Beatitudes on a high mountain. For 40 years, they were in the wilderness. For 40 days, he was tempted. We see Jesus retracing the footsteps of his ancient people. And where they fail, he does not fail. Where they fall short, he follows through. And where they lack faith, he has faith. And so the faith of Jesus becomes a new history for his people, a new beginning for those who will latch on to him. So in the gospel, God deals with your yesterdays, dear heart, today. And he lets you go free every day for the rest of your life if you are in Jesus. The book of Hebrews says there is a sacrifice for sins that is a constant reality that we have in relation to him. People who dig up stuff to keep you down, reminding you of your sins in the past or your faults of character are doing the very work of Satan. And dear heart, if you do that, you are too. And let's face it, everyone here at some point in their life has done the very work of Satan, right? Okay. So in Jesus, God has set you free to live for him because of grace. And grace is the ethical response to grace. Gratitude is our response to grace, a gracious attitude toward others. Hebrews 1.3, he, Jesus, reflects the glory of God. And he bears the very stamp of his Father's nature, upholding the universe by his word of power. And when he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews 1.3 is a partial paraphrasing of Exodus 30 verse 10, which describes the sacrifice of the great day of atonement, which was the yearly sacrifice, not the daily sacrifice. It happened once a year to teach that this sacrifice that settles the score in the day of atonement judgment day, which is a prefigure of the end time judgment day of God's people. That this sacrifice that settles the score and deals with the problem is a single sacrifice for sins. And the sacrifice for sins that secures our place in the cross, according to this verse, is finished at the cross. You know, you don't have to manipulate God to love you. That's what it means. You don't have to go and create a victory that it can add to the victory that Jesus has already created for you. You don't have to somehow think that the ministry of Jesus in the heavenly sanctuary is to complete what he did at the cross. It's not. Dear heart, he sat down at the right hand of God because the gospel is good news that God has done for you in Jesus what you can never do for yourself. And when you receive Jesus, when you hold on to Jesus, you have the benefits of that complete work every day for the rest of your life. Hebrews 1.3 says, Jesus sat down because he finished his work for you. And so the gospel is good news that you cannot improve upon. Grace is not something you can achieve. Grace is someone you must receive. And everything you need has been done in his life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As your great high priest, why is Jesus up there? That's the question. Why is he up there? Jesus is up there because he prays for you. So you will receive what he has already done for you. So that his victory will be worked out in your life as a complete victory for you. So that what he has accomplished will be accomplished in your life. You don't need to reform your life. I'll say that very clearly. You don't need to reform your life. You need a new life. 
Reformed lives are a mixture of the old and the new, are they not? In the gospel, Jesus takes away the old and gives you the new, imputed to you as righteousness, transferred to you as a gift, a gift of grace reckoned to you as yours in Him. And Jesus has set you free. If you receive Him by faith, He has set you free by removing the garments of sin so you can have a different kind of clothing on. The angel of the Lord says, take them away and put new clothes upon him. Now, this is an embarrassing story. I hope you'll endure it. Really, it was an embarrassing story. It's a little risky. I'll share it. We were fishing at Savage River, my two boys and I, a couple years ago. And my boys got the idea of going skinny dipping up in one of those streams way up there in the river where no one's around, you know. Hot day. They pulled their clothes off and just jumped into the the crystal clear stream with all the brook trout and everything. Now, Dad didn't do that. I just don't like the idea of doing that. Now, how do you teach your sons a lesson that you don't want to do this in the great outdoors? Well, it's risky. So when they were in the water, Donald got out and put his clothes on. But John Michael was really the kingpin in this thing. So I took his clothes. I wrapped them up under... I did. I wrapped them in a blanket, not blanket, a towel. And I started running with them like a football. Right down the stream. Goodbye, son. Dad! Dad, come back! I need my clothes. I can't get out of here. I did come back. And he was absolutely right. You need your clothes or you can't get out of here. A person who has his clothes taken off is wholly naked. And so the soul must be completely naked before God to be clothed. It must expose itself to God to be clothed. Confession and repentance are naked truths. God must remove the old to receive the new. Zechariah 3, 4 again, And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. When God removes the old garments of sin from you, when you fall on your knees in faith, confessing your sin, asking Him to be your Savior, He doesn't leave you naked with nothing to walk in. He doesn't leave you in a compromised state as you grow in Christ. Grace action number two, He clothes you with rich apparel. And this rich apparel in the Bible is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In the Gospel, Jesus' past becomes your past. His life of victory is exchanged for your failures. His day of purpose and peace becomes your present experience of purpose and peace imputed to you as a gift. And His brilliant future is your future as long as you hold on to Him. The future that is the kingdom of God given to Jesus and the great judgment of Daniel 7 is yours if you have Christ. And His brilliant future is your future as long as you do not sacrifice it to doubt. Jesus was treated, dear heart, as you deserve, so that you might be treated as he deserves. He was condemned for your sins in which he had no part, so that you might be justified by his righteousness that you had no part in. The gospel is the unbelievable transaction that takes away the filthy life and gives you the perfect life, which is his, and the basis for your acceptance, and I'll add, the basis for a life that is changed. You are accepted because Jesus is accepted, and there's nothing to be ashamed of in Jesus. When a person receives the robe of Christ's righteousness, they are free for the very first time in their life. They are free from the accuser. They are free from a past that condemns. 
They are free and at peace in their present because Christ is standing at the right hand of God for them. And for the first time in their life, they've been set free to overcome sin because it takes that platform to overcome evil in your life. Isaiah 61.10 describes the joy that comes when this is fully embraced by faith. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. The final generation that is ready for the coming of Jesus Christ will not be ready because it is somehow better than any other generation. The final generation that lives at the end of time, where sin has its ugly hold upon the human heart, will have a special experience that is rooted in the past, not in ignorance of it. You see, at the deepest level, that final generation will understand the truth of righteousness by exchange. His righteousness in exchange for your rags. Revelation 19.7 says, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. And then in verse 8, it was granted her. That means it was a gift. It was given to her to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. You see, a life of victory is not something you work at. A life of victory is something you receive because you are standing on the platform of the gospel. It's because you are grateful to God. It's because God's forgiveness has found a deep hold in your life. It's because you know that as you have faced the angel of the Lord and you have been unable to pray that he has prayed for you and that his prayer is effectual and for the rest of your life you don't want to let go of a God like that. Let's review. Grace action number one. Jesus removes your filthy garments of sin when you receive him by faith. Grace action number two. God clothes you with rich apparel. And this rich apparel is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Not yours, but his. Grace action number one deals with your past. Grace action number two deals with your present. But grace action number three deals with your future. Turn to Zechariah 3 verse 5. And I said... Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord enjoined Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge. You see, obedience is the response, the faith response to the healing power of the gospel. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. 
obedience is the response, the faith response to the healing power of the gospel. If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge. Now his charge in the context was to remove those filthy garments and to put a new robe of righteousness on him. Dear heart, if you don't reject that truth in your life, there is something exciting that's going to happen for you. If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you the right of access among these who are standing here. If you hang on to the gospel that deals with your past and your present, you will have a future. That's what it's saying. Grace action number three, God gives you access to himself. The text says, I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. Now, those that are standing there in the context are angels. In fact, there are four angels in Zechariah 1 to 3 that are in the very presence of God, that are the angels of the most holy place. God will give you access into the throne room of the universe for the rest of your life if you have Jesus. When God removes your filthy rags from you and he clothes you with the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, he gives you a life of meaning with direct access to him. Now, because we have a life of purpose... Because we can depend on what Jesus has done for us, there is really no excuse for a low bar or a lack of faith in moving forward with God, is there? I mean, God has called us to great action, not cowardice. God has called us to rebuild the the ruins of previous generations, as we see here in the book of Zechariah. God has called us to come boldly before the throne of grace. And God has called us to reach a world as we are reached to share what he has given to others. When God removes your filthy rags from you, he clothes you with the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. And the book of Revelation is very clear. It leads to righteous deeds and actions for others. God didn't save you to do nothing. He didn't save you to come to church and just sit there. He didn't save you so you can know the gospel, not share with anybody. He didn't create our congregation so we could just play church until Jesus comes and then be lost with the rest of the world. God called us here, dear heart, because there are millions of people, thousands of people, but let's say a few in your neighborhood, a few in the place where the church would build that have never heard of a gospel, who are yearning for Jesus, who need action in the church to make a difference in their life. That's why this church has been established. But without the gospel, none of that happens. It becomes religious stuff and playing games with God. God says, I will give you the right of access Janelle Guzman was the last survivor who was pulled alive from the wreckage of the World Trade Center. She was born and raised in Trinidad. She had come to New York City to make a better life for herself. And even though her mother was a person of faith, she had chosen to reject Christ as a child, and she went down a secular path in her life. And when her mother died in 1999, she asked the question, where is God? You know, the philosophical talk that sounds good but really isn't. Where is God? She said, he was certainly nothing I could see or touch, nothing that had anything real to do with my life or my feelings. On 9-11, she was on the 64th floor of the first tower with her friend Rosa when she suddenly felt a massive explosion rip through that building. The building rocked from side to side, and we saw it on television. It was unbelievable. It felt like an earthquake had hit the tower, she said. She obeyed the warning to stay put rather than moving down as others fled the tower for their lives. So there she was just staying there. And when the second tower was hit, her friend Rosa grabbed her hand and they ran together down the stairs as fast as they could go. I mean, the advice was bad advice. She, she counted each floor as they scuttled down the tower, 47, 46, 40, moving through the numbers, 35, and finally floor 13, 13th floor. She released Rosa's hand to remove her high heels so she could run faster. 
Suddenly there was another explosion. They fell backward. She heard a rumbling noise that grew louder and louder until everyone and everything was dark. There was no sight or no sense of light. The floor gave way as the ceiling fell and the walls collapsed and she was in the churning, grinding mess of it all. She reached out for Rosa, but Rosa was gone. Then as quick as it had come, the awful roar surrendered to the darkness of the night and the stillness of an eerie silence. When Janelle came to herself, she was lying down on her face. She felt like the entire building had fallen on her body. She cried, Rosa, help! Can anyone hear me, Rosa? There was no answer. She heard a man nearby cry out faintly, Help! Help! Followed by a silence. She, she never heard the man cry again. She tried to get up, but she couldn't. She discovered that her head was sandwiched between two concrete pillars and she could not move. As the hours dragged on, she drifted into sleep and returned to consciousness periodically. Suddenly, she found herself longing for her mother with a deep place deep inside the heart. Those are her own words. A deep place inside the heart. She began to remember the faith of her mother. The mother who had taught her to pray. The mother who had spoken of Jesus. The mother who had introduced her to a God that can answer prayer. She remembered the kind of prayer her mother used to pray for her, but now her mother was gone. Trapped beneath the concrete, she began to pray for the first time in years. She said, Lord, Lord, I know you are there. I haven't always trusted you. I blamed you. Now I'm asking you to help me. And when she opened her eyes, she saw a small, thin ray of light cascading down the wreckage into her darkness. Somewhere above the darkness of the night, she saw the light of a new day. As the ray of light faded away, she prayed a second time. She had lived through the transition of night and day. Lord, be near me. Stay by my side. And after a prayer, she fell asleep again. When she awoke to her joy, the light had returned. It was the light of another day. She had lived to see another day. And as she awoke, she began to assess her situation. The feeling her right leg was gone. She was thirsty and hungry. She felt pain deep inside her body. She knew that she was slowly dying and she needed help soon, or it would all be over and she would die. She would become an, another statistic. She would follow Rosa. So she prayed a third time. She said, Lord, I might not get out of here, not without a miracle, but I have found you. And that's the only miracle that matters. Thy will be done. At that very moment, she heard a voice. Hello. Hello, she shouted. The voice answered back, Hello, is someone down there? She heard other voices behind the first voice. She heard a voice again saying, I'm shining a light down. Janelle cried out, I can't see your light. The voice answered back, Can you see my hand? Can you see my hand? She said, No. Then she prayed again as she stretched her hand into the darkness of the unknown. And as she stretched her hand into the void... She felt a strong hand close its warm fingers around her trembling hand and hold it tight in the darkness. He said, my name is Paul. Just hang on. They're going to get you out of here. He said, they're going to get you out of here. The voice kept talking to her as the rescue team broke through the wreckage. She was afraid that at any moment the wreckage would give way and take her life. When she would cry every time she felt the squeeze of the confident hand and her fear left her. 
As the workers climbed down and lifted the debris from her legs, she looked around for Paul and discovered that he was gone. There was no Paul there. It had been 27 hours, and she was the last person to be pulled alive from the trade center. She was rushed to the hospital. She underwent four-hour emergency surgeries, and she lived. When later interviewed by reporters, she was introduced to the rescue workers who had dug her out. She asked where Paul was, and they said, there is no Paul in our group. There never was. She told them about the hand that reached out to her. His name was Paul. He said they would rescue her. She asked them if it had been a dream. It was no dream. And one of the workers turned to her and asked her if she thought it was a dream. She said, I know it was not. I felt that strong grip on my hand. It was the touch of God's hand on my life. She would later say, since September 11, that touch, that hand has never left me. The iron cross that stood in the midst of the wreckage of the World Trade Center was a sign that Jesus Christ is the only one who can save the broken life. That Jesus Christ is the only one who can deal with the devil and his attacks in life. Jesus still prays for the nation that won't pray at ground zero. The angel of the Lord still prays. And the devil's at the right hand to accuse. And Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for our country. Jesus is praying for our church. Keep standing in the presence of the angel of the Lord. And if you can't pray just yet, just keep on standing there. In time, you will feel the hand, the right hand of God's favor, pull you up and out. And you will in time be able to pray and be able to find the face that shows you grace. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.